Welcome to the Gospel for Planet Earth podcast. I'm your host, Carl Gessler, with my co-host, Susie Gessler. And today we're going to do something a little bit different, because while I had intentions on doing more on Luke 12, because we just got into that a little bit last week, this week some things happened that kind of distracted. I had to spend energy on some other projects, mm-hmm. but we're not going to tell exactly what those projects are until after the podcast. Okay, you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Yeah, how you got covered in bee stings and had to go to the hospital wrapped in bandages for weeks because you were swollen and puffy? No, but that would have been an exciting story, but it didn't happen, thankfully. How you climbed a tree and got into poison ivy and broke out and got swollen and puffy and had to go to the hospital wrapped in bandages? No. Do you wish for this to happen? (laughs) No. Okay, good. No. But what else could stop you from moving on to Luke 12, Carl? Well, I did read Luke 12, but I had a hard time comprehending it because I was thinking about other things. It's not that I don't have things to say about Luke 12 already, actually, but I didn't have time to record it because I was busy with something else. And it's an announcement we're going to make after, at the backside of this podcast. So it's not after the podcast, but it's after part of the podcast. It's at the end of the podcast. Okay. All right. Well, quit wasting time. Okay. So instead of that, we're gonna we're gonna hear uh, Psalm eight, and we're going to hear me blabber on. Um, at, no, nice. not I didn't blabber on. But it was a message that I gave at a church earlier this year during one of our concerts. And if while listening to this, you go, "Boy, that's really good. I'd like this guy to come to our church, and I'd love to hear him and his family play their music." Then you know what? Mm-hmm. That's the thing you should be thinking. So con- <laughs> <laughs> you can contact us through the website. TheGospelForPlanetEarth.com. Click on the contact page and do the contacting. And now, on to Psalm 8. For the director of music, according to Gittith, a Psalm of David, Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, You have established a stronghold against your enemies to silence the force and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels, and crowd them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Lord, our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth? That question, what is man? It's a challenging one for, for us to answer. Uh, we're going to learn a big word today. I'm just learning it myself. It's called ontology. You may already know it, but ontology is how we understand who we are. What, what is, how do we know something exists that has being? Um, we live in a world that has, functions with a material ontology, so that we say if something exists... Uh, because you can touch it, you can feel it, you can, you know, it has, um, we can see it with our eyes, we can touch it with our hands, it's material in existence. And so when we go to the text, uh, we say, see, the Bible says that God created the material world. 
but the writer of Genesis would want us to pull us back and say, yes, he did create the material world, but that's not what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you what he created it for. And uh, a difference in material ontology and functional ontology, which is what the Genesis is about. It's about what, it's about God giving things existence and being because of defining its role within the universe. So this is the difference. There, there are trees outside, uh, and there are, uh, these are, strings are made out of metal. Um, we've got some plastic pegs. We've got some, uh, maybe that's gold-plated, I don't know. We'll just pretend it's not in case anyone's feeling like they need some cash. Uh, anyway, I don't know what that's made out of. It looks nice. Uh, but all these elements are all around us. But you wouldn't look outside and say, there's a guitar out there. Someone needs to cut down the tree. They need to dry the wood, or maybe they need to, they need to I don't know exactly how they do it, but when the wood's still wet, they form it into a shape. Um, and even still, if it's just a shape, it's not, it's not a guitar yet. It's, it's not a guitar, actually, until you work out all the design, you put in the pegs, you put in all the pieces, you measure it out, you make sure that the, the action is good and it's playable. Now it's a guitar. So when we read Genesis 1 and it says that the Spirit of the Lord was hovering over the surface of the waters, us in our material ontology, we're going to say, over the what? The waters? But we haven't said God created the waters. Doesn't he create that on the third day? Because we're thinking materially. But the, the author of Genesis is saying he was hovering over the surface of the waters, which was a symbol of chaos. Everything was in chaos, and God is going to bring it together to bring it order. So it's the same as um, in music. So I can, I can make the sound. It's not a song. You know, I can make a rhythm. It's still not a song. It's just a rhythm. Okay, so we have rhythm. We don't have a song yet. Are, are you with me? Okay. there but then you add the harmony so then you would add lyrics preferably and it would be longer generally but that then you have a song and you have created a song you could someone would say well you materially created sound waves but what is a sound wave? You know, can you touch it? Can you feel it? You can't. It exists. It already exists. And all I did was organize it. I organized it and I, I gave it purpose. It's just a sound wave floating around there doing that. And I, I pulled it in and I put it in line, uh, sort of. I tried to. I put it in line so that it made sense. It had a purpose. It had a direction. It was going somewhere. And that's how we create song. And so that's what God is doing in Genesis 1. He's taking the world, and he's giving everything purpose. And this is a very uh, important thing to, uh, to note. So if you were to ask most people today, uh, secular people, especially if you were to ask uh, like a, a good post-enlightenment scientist, what is man? Their definition is going to be something very material. 
And as a matter of fact, I did this experiment this morning. So if you brought your, if you brought your phone, and if you were a good person and turned it off, I want to ask you to turn it on. If you have a, an iPhone, right? Uh, this is Siri we're dealing with here. So, um, so I'm going to ask Siri, what is mankind? Okay, I got Mick Foley. Sorry, let's try this again. Anyway, it's, it can't understand me. So this is a good example of how we talk about progress. You know, we say we're, we're creating technology that can do all this thinking, but I'm sorry, Siri is not that smart. And I'm not exactly ready to give up my humanity to this computer. But anyway, I did it successfully this morning, and uh, it described us as uh, a species of animal, a homonym, whatever, from whatever tribe, a species of ape, that's how it was described, and that we stand erect, we move around on two feet. The entire thing is material. So when you say, what is man to a scientist, uh, to materialist, which is most of Westerners, we're going to say they're things you can feel, they're things you can touch. But this doesn't actually help us understand who we are. And if you were uh, an ancient Israelite and you asked, what is man? And someone said, oh, man is, uh, they're from this species, they're, they're an animal, they stand upright, they walk, they would say, um, you sort of described what, what we look like, what we feel like, but you haven't told me what we are. So this, this matters tremendously, because right now, inside and outside the church, human identity is very much in question. So I also... And you can, let's see, we'll try this again. I asked Siri the question that the psalmist asks in Psalm 8. What is man? In my realm, anyone can be anything. And this morning she answered, hmm, I don't get this whole gender thing. And the fact is, she doesn't. The question, what is man? can only be answered with a world, by a worldview that doesn't see things simply materially. And they've, the world has run itself into a corner because we've been busy saying that something is defined by its anatomy. And now we can't say that. We can't say that anymore. We, there's billboards. Um, there's one we just passed the other day where it has the x-rays of uh, two people whose sex you can't tell, I guess, maybe if I was more educated. I could tell, but anyway, they're the same. And they're holding hands, and it says, love without boundaries, or love without borders, or love without def definition. What, they're doing, what, what we are in danger of is not existing anymore. When you, do no, when you no longer have a definition for your role in the human race, there's no more such thing as a man or a woman. You're just an it. You're just a pile of molecules. You're just a, a pile of, of material, useless, meaningless. And we are feeding this to a whole generation who will be heartless and hopeless. The way to recapture it, though, is by going back, not just back to the scriptures to reiterate uh, old dogmas, but to say maybe we actually haven't been asking the right questions. Because when we go back to the text, we argue Yes, see, God made material matter, but that's not the issue. You know, that, that's, that's not what the, the writer of Genesis is telling us. We have, still, we have still accepted the argument that we are defined by who we are materially. And uh, so what we've been talking about today is, is 
that God created man, you know, if we were to ask, the, if we were to turn around and say, well, okay, you tell us, you know, Siri actually ought to be the one, since she says she doesn't get this whole gender thing and all the people behind her, uh, artificial intelligence, which is an appropriate word, if they don't get this whole gender thing, then maybe they should be the ones asking the question, what is man? And the psalmist would say, man is made in God's image. And Psalm 8 says he was made for a little while, lower than the angels, but he's crowned with glory and majesty and made to rule over the works of God's hands. If we don't know that, there's nobody ruling over the works of God's hands. Either that or there's only the biggest and most selfish that are ruling over the works of God's hands. We have a calling to be the image of God in the world, and the image of God brings order. I mean, this is what we're talking about. When we say, what is man? I can't answer that question. We are opening the doors wide to chaos. We don't know who we are. So we don't know what we're supposed to be doing. We don't know what love is. We don't know how to act or how to react. We don't know what success is. We don't know what progress is. As a matter of fact, Siri says that she doesn't know Uh, She doesn't know where she stands on this whole gender thing. Well, if we are in the state of evolutionary progress, I'm afraid that that looks very much like regress because we've had generation after generation understand what male and female are or else we wouldn't have had reproduced generations. And if we can't understand that now, we don't have a future. But the the hope today is that the, the answer is in the Scripture. The answer is there but it's also going to challenge our worldview as Christians. You know, I'm going through uh, Luke in, in the podcast. We've been going through the gospel, and constantly what's coming up is identity. Jesus is redefining what it means to be Israel. And there are people on both sides, what we would call the right and the left, who don't like his definition. You know, and uh, we can't imagine that when Jesus when we're in the presence of Jesus, that he's automatically going to affirm everything we already think. And I think part of the problem is that we've insisted that the next generation accept our old answers, and they don't want them because they have problems with them, but we haven't listened to that critique, you know? And so what we're trying to do as we go to different churches, as we go to rescue missions, and as we do this podcast thing is to to say that there are answers. You know, I, I sat down with a a couple of people who, um, some people we knew, and we, were, uh, we didn't know them well, though. I hadn't seen them for years, and we sat down together, and the subject of uh, sexuality, marriage, um, came up, and we explained to them the, the worldview of the Bible, that we are, uh, that God made us in his own image, male and female, the two complementary halves of God's creation. Because I don't know if you realize this, too, but heaven is part of God's creation, it's not someplace, uh, you know, beyond the solar system where we might travel to someday. It is the control room. It's where God lives within his creation. It's his control room. It's his house. And it's meant to complement heaven, uh, earth so that, uh, you know, when Jesus says to pray as a, like this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, he's saying let heaven and earth be married and the rule of heaven overwhelm earth. That's, that's what Isaiah talks about, that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. This is what ultimately is the, this is where we're going, you know. If you want to know the purpose, the purpose is God created a good world. He made us to partner with him in spreading his glory, his beauty, and his majesty throughout it. 
And the heaven and earth are different, but they go together. Male and female are different, but they complement and they go together. And when we understand that, it's not, this isn't dogma to say, you better obey the rules or else. This is to say, you can't play a guitar until it's put in order. And you'll never have beautiful music until it's put in order and you learn how to play it. The world was made for order. It's not made for chaos. And, uh, and you know what? Marriage is an awesome thing. But it needs to be put in order. You know, and it's not just a matter of sexuality between a man and a man or a woman and a woman. It's, it's not good enough to say it needs to be one man and one woman. It needs to be one man and one woman who know how to love and serve each other. You know, that's how we got to this place in the first place. People became cynical of uh, uh, the whole marriage ideal, which is what God has called us to. So we believe that the, there's still hope. You know, we believe that the truth sets us free. You know, the difference, we, Susie and I actually um, visited a, um, we went to a Mormon uh, service a, couple, a number of months ago uh, because we made a trade. We told uh, these missionaries that came to our house, we said, we'll go to your meeting if you come to ours. And uh, so we did, and they did. They kept their, their end of the deal. And, uh, but sitting there, you know, to become part of a cult, you have to follow the rules. You know, you have, to, uh, you have to accept their dogma, and you have to follow the rules. That's not how Jesus works. Yeah, there are, uh, rules are helpful, and they're important. You know, there are things, th- things to go by, but Jesus offers life. And it's, this isn't like, it's one man and one woman because everything else is against the rule. It's one man and one woman because everything else is death. Everything else is chaos. Everything else is suffering and pain, and God loves us. And he has a purpose for us. He has a calling for us. He has meaning for us. He has an identity for us. And when we know who we are, everything else falls in line. You know, the truth will set us free. The truth isn't dogma that I adhere to in spite of things. The truth is something that I recognize, and it sets me free. You know, that's why it's called the gospel, good news. It's not, uh, it's not good advice. It's not just, here's a theory that may work or may not. This is just what has happened. Jesus has been raised from the dead, which means that all of life can now be made right. As we sang in that song earlier, that uh, just that the, we've, oh, we have already come. We have come. You know, that's what I sang about Zion. You know, that's what it says in Hebrews. It says, we have come to Mount Zion, which is part of the there and not yet. You know, there's going to be a day when God's glory is going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. When Jesus returns, or better said, is revealed, because he said he's with us always. It's not like Jesus is far away. He's not far away. His ascension was not about him leaving. It was about him going to his throne, meaning I'm in charge in the control room now. The he- heaven has already taken up authority on earth to set things right. We know there's more to come, but already there's nothing that you're going through that Jesus can't give you victory over. There's no sickness. There's no, um, there's no addiction. There's no sin that he isn't bigger than. There's no fear that he isn't bigger than. All freedom is available to us. And it may take us some slogging through, some junk to get there, but the, it, it is there. You know, and that's why it's good news.
announcement doozy? I'm ready. You're pregnant. Uh, no, I'm okay. not. Uh. <laughs> Don't that's, do that to people. <laughs> Don't do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually what happens when we say we have an announcement. <laughs> no, so this summer we have had, um, I knew that these, this was coming up, but I didn't want to say anything until it actually happened. But there are a number of in- phone interviews lined up. And this morning I had the privilege of interviewing N.T. Wright, which is like, what? And then it was N. like, T. oh! Wright! I was like, I can't believe it! Oh my gosh! Yeah. N.T. And uh, yeah, so it was very exciting, very uh, humble man to uh, give us time for a small podcast like this. But um, that'll be coming out in the next uh, few weeks. But also, um, recently it went to, um, as you have heard on the podcast, I went out to uh, Charlotte, uh, UNC Charlotte and Appalachian State University to participate in a genocide awareness project with a group called the Center for Bioethical Reform. And it's very powerful um, also known as CBR. Yep. Easier to remember. It's powerful and it's controversial because of the graphic images that they use in the fight against abortion, but it's very effective. Um, and then I also went with my cousin Jamin and friend Dominic. Uh, they came with me to the Charlotte campus and we shared our thoughts in a podcast uh, or a Facebook live video um, about a week ago. And that's going to be coming out on a podcast here in the next couple of weeks as well. As well as a story of a man who um, grew up as a Baptist and now is an Anglican, which will lead well into our N.T. Wright uh, podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, because N.T. Wright plays a part in that. And we'll just find out why. Why yeah. would anybody do that, you know? Yeah. yeah That's quite a switch. It is. And it's one that you might think, well, maybe Carl needs to become an Anglican. And I thought of that, too. But uh but I don't I, think so. I, I they can, drink out of the same communion cup, and that's like... Yeah, during flu season, but... <laughs> <laughs> that takes a lot of faith, but it's kind of like snake handlers, you know? I mean, I grew up in a family of 12, and when we got the stomach bug, it, it was just a never left. So anyway, you need a lot of faith, but <laughs> you could admire that. But uh, I really, just on a serious note, I can't, uh, the, all the um, the robes and the genuflecting and the candles, and the, oh, I can't keep up with all that stuff, and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. So I don't know. I feel like I'm a, more of a farmer, a man of the earth. Just like that's what Carl on means, the ground. isn't it? It means like manly farmer of the earth or something like well, as that. As long as it means manly, I'm happy. Well, maybe it just means manly. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you are a podcast listener, uh, please leave us a note. You go to, go to the Facebook page, The Gospel for Planet Earth, and leave us a note there or underneath the podcast. Maybe share the podcast with a friend. A big help is to go to iTunes if you listen through your iPhone or your, if you listen through uh, the iTunes podcast app and give us a rating. It helps more people find it. As long as you give us a good rating, that would be nice. But if you have uh, your criticisms too, you can share that. Just hopefully not in an iTunes rating. <laughs> anyway, uh, so we would love to hear from you in one capacity or another. Um, also, if you want to support us, we are a crowdfunded ministry, um, which means that people give us money. Yep. The crowds. And uh, so we're thankful for those of you who have done that. If you want to do that on a regular basis, you can give as as little as a dollar a month. You can give as much as 10 grand a month, whatever suits your fancy. <laughs> fancy. But uh, you can do that also through the donate page on the website, thegospelforplanetearth.com. And sometimes you get fancy little rewards for doing that. Not oh, really? Th- it's not biblical necessarily. Like you give and get rewarded well, right. there are rewards, but you know. Okay, that sounds like another podcast. Yeah, it does. Yeah, that would be a good podcast. 
the rewards podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I also would like you to check out the webpage so that you can subscribe to the blog and particularly to read uh, an article I wrote recently called People Are Animals? Asking that question uh, because of my conversations on our college campuses. And it relates to today's podcast. So hopefully you'll visit us there. All right. Well, until then, thanks for listening. And, uh, thanks, uh, and thanks for listening. Say goodbye, right. Suze. Goodbye, Suze.